So welcome to Livestream Stars. I'm Ross Brand. Livestream Stars is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across livestream platforms. Today we're talking virtual reality, live video conferences, or maybe something more exciting like summits, uh, community, philanthropy, and more with the great Ryan Anderson Bell. And Livestream Stars is brought to you by Livestream Universe, where you can find all of our schedules, past shows, and features. We also have daily updates and show recommendations on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Livestream Universe. And now we bring in our guest, Ryan A. Bell, is a digital storyteller and tech lover using live video video and virtual reality as his canvas ryan is head of studio at vr scout he's a founder of summit.live formerly the periscope community summit it's the world's largest digital storytelling conference that's your fault you said that on your your website you you mentioned conference <laughs> so ryan also you should know co-founded summit live's parent company with brian fanzo it's called backlamp llc they focus on influencer strategy and building programs to connect brands with celebrities, influencers, and streamers. Ryan runs Backlamp uh, with Brian, as I mentioned. He's also a philanthropist. He's active in important causes such as erased child trafficking. He was recognized by the presidential office for his volunteer work with Special Olympics and youth mentoring programs. And Ryan has spoken at major events such as CES and VidCon. I recently heard him speak at iSugar in New York City, and I can say that he definitely brings it as a speaker. Very, very passionate and insightful speaker. And with all that, um, let's bring in Ryan A. Bell. Ryan, welcome. It's so great to finally have you on Livestream Stars. I think we planned this about six years ago, but here we are. Thanks, <laughs> you. It feels like it. I've actually quit all those jobs that you just mentioned since uh, since we, we planned this out. No, I'm, just, I'm right. joking. I'll, I'll just cut I'm it joking. all out on the YouTube version. <laughs> but that's so funny. You know, it, 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 it's interesting because I, I started thinking. I was like, I was like, the more successful a person is, the shorter their intro is. So I, I want I want right. my intro to eventually be. This is this is Ryan Bell. He he does this, and you probably already know his ass, you know. But right now, it's 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 funny. I I, I, I work very hard, very 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 hard in this industry. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. This 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 show's already been fun and have not even started yet. And whoever's not watching these lives, oh my gosh, you should you should come to the live part where Ross is being silly and people are talking about dancing new on stage. So one day we just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan A. Bell. And that, like, ladies and, and gentlemen, like, the like, chairman oh, of the I board, Frank Sinatra. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. They don't. They don't say like no, I, I don't for the that. president. Just, okay, and in third grade, he finished third in his class on spelling bee. <laughs> I know. I know. It's. I, I just. I want to be. You know. In in life, I think just in general the best thing that a human can right. do is simplify, you know, and like, like I want to be more concise. Somebody recently asked me what my, my highest value was. They, they were like, they're like, you're, you're a very smart guy. What is your high, highest value? And I, I said, I said, I don't consider myself very smart. You know, like I, I just don't, I consider myself very, very good at 
at simplifying things. Cause I am, you know, I, I see, I, I can pull back and see what big pieces are because everything's everything in, in the end is, is simple. And that's how communities are formed. And I don't know, it's, it's just an interesting thing about the world that we live in and how technology is exploding right now and finding your place in it. And I think that's why my intro is so long. And that's why we're still talking about it because I think, I think Ross, you, you found a good niche for yourself and you found a good space. How would you intro yourself in the most concise way, Ross Brand? Um, I'm the editor of Livestream Universe and the host of Livestream Stars. That's beautiful. <laughs> I wish I could say, I wish I could say something that. Yeah, I wish I could do it like that, but it's not realistic because I have other things that I'm doing and whatever, and you have to get them in and. <laughs> but that would be the ideal, yeah. right? To just be able to say that everybody knows what live stream universe is and live stream stars. And, you know, it's just like, okay, that's it. it right. Like yeah. we have to add all these layers. I see David Vaughn put technology is exploding a phrase, Samsung coin, literally. And that's such a, that's a touchy subject for me right now because Samsung. So if you don't know, Samsung's Galaxy Note Seven right. just came out, and it's their flagship phone, and it it's basically a virtual reality phone. It was made so specifically for that, and that, in effect, Samsung going so hard in VR is important for the industry that I work in, and that's a setback for us because. It's an exploding phone that people are putting up against their effing faces, you know? I mean, so that's that's bad. And that combined with the debacle that happened with Oculus shipping, I mean, Oculus sh was supposed to ship, you know, tens of thousands of units that first week, that first day. And I mean, basically, it was like dozens. It was just, it was terrible. And so... All the all the VCs basically dialed back the money for six months. They're they're like, oh, okay, well, this is going to set virtual reality as an industry back for six months, and all these setbacks, all these missteps, all and the fact that we don't have this brilliant tipping point that's happening, this bright shining star that everybody has to be involved in in virtual reality. It makes me very interested in the fact that it keeps going, even though all these pratfalls. Have you have you noticed that? So, anyways, yeah, David Vaughn, you kind of ticked me off, but you're right. I mean, it's an interesting conversation. Doctor Finch is here too. Look at this. We got a great crowd today. Everybody comes for Ryan Bell. Uh, so, um, <laughs> there's some late breaking news though from Samsung. It could help. Beauty says, "Tell us, tell us more." Uh, if you know, um, speaking of news, I mean, there's a lot on virtual reality. Just if you look at the news today, right? Oculus took home the virtual reality industry's first Emmy last night for a short film. And Nikon came out with a camera that's basically the first of the major camera makers to make a VR camera, at least according to their press release um it's called key mission 360 mm -hmm. virtual reality camera it looks kind of like a, a gopro for 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 virtual reality i guess what did have you seen it yet or what do you what do you think from what you know about it it looks good on paper but a lot of these things do i don't uh you know i i, I look at two things when it comes to uh, virtual reality you know barriers of entry and tipping points 
and the barriers of entry are you, you, you bring up the GoPro. The GoPro setup is a big <laughs> ball of freaking GoPros taped together. I mean, basically, it's 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 jacked. It, when it, when they first started doing that, it was sixteen thousand dollars or something silly like that, and then you had to stitch all this stuff together. And stitching is exactly what it sounds like: taking pictures from multiple cameras and putting them together in a way that makes sense uh, that can compile into a 360 video. So the tipping point, the barrier of entry has gone down from like the tens of thousands to less than a thousand dollars. And if I'm looking at a traditional photographer, a traditional photographer has no problem dropping less than a grand, you know, for, for, for a camera. So I see that as being the way that creators are going to come on board. You know, like we need to see these creators making content. So like, for instance, my favorite camera right now, although flawed, all of them are flawed, um, is the Samsung Gear 360. It's a $350 device and it's two 4K. I mean, and and, and people are like, so woo, these are the coolest <laughs> things ever. They're not that great. I, I mean, you have to look at it for what it is. It's two 4K cameras sandwiched together with fisheye right. lenses and then stitched together. But the fact of the matter is that makes it simple is that all this stuff is done automatically and can be auto stitched. So it's easy for us to create content now instead of spending hours and hours pasting this junk together. So, um, yeah, that's that's my barrier of entry thought. And then the tipping point thought is is this somebody needs to create the content that makes everybody have to go. So Henry Oculus Medium Stories. Uh, was a big tipping point. And so they announced that they were, so I'm, I'm, I'm friends with the people that put on the Emmys, they're called governors. And so there, there was this big Emmy meeting last week uh, before this, and they announced that they were going to do the new interactive video and the new virtual reality sections, basically, of, of the Emmys. So this is a really big thing. But the interesting thing is at this point, there aren't that many things that are competing in the space. So, I mean, it was one of those things where anybody knows that Henry's going to win it, but next year, like I've already seen things that uh, John Favreau has done that's not out yet. Um, and, and that's really interesting. John Favreau directed Iron Man, the Iron Man movies. He was in chef. He was in swingers. He did jungle book. John Favreau is like the most legit person I've basically ever interviewed or talked to or right. sat down and, and put brains, you know, against. And then prior to that, uh, Deepak Chopra also, and his son Gotham did an experience in VR. That's pretty amazing. And I got to, and that hasn't been released yet. So, so stuff is coming that is, it's hard to define. You can't really define it as, as a movie and you can't really define it as a game. It's an interactive experience, but what do, what do we call these things when we have to really separate them because they're not, they're not traditional media. They're this weird new innovation, this amalgam of a million now, things. You mentioned like tipping points and barriers to entry. And I heard, I'd say like three or four months ago, maybe it is now that I, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk speaking at a startup event locally here. And he said that, you know, a lot of people he thinks are going to lose money betting on mass adoption of VR tech and that he thinks that it's going to happen and one day it will be everyone's reality. 
but it's not going to happen as fast as people think it will. The average person who's sitting watching TV won't be using a VR device right away or whatever. And people so that the first movers may end up losing on this. Do you kind of get what he's saying and do you agree or disagree? I agree with him 100 percent, you know, and we have to be very smart because we're in this very ugly duct tape phase. I call it the junk junkyard phase. Everybody's making something, but it's like instead of going to the Toyota dealership and buying a, a Camry, you're going to the junkyard and finding all these pieces to, to make a Camry. And it's just an ugly <laughs> car now. Um, it's just an ugly ass car. And, and we're using all the, we're, we're not defining VR for what it is. The onboarding is, is ugly. So if you go into any of these apps, and I don't want to call any one of them out specifically because they're right. all like this. Every single one of them is like this. You go in and you're slammed into an environment. There's no vestibule. There's no ease of entry. There's no ethereal Siri type voice with purple and blue colors saying, welcome, which way would you like to go? What would you like <laughs> to experience? It's just blam. And then there's this Netflix thing of cubes that are out there that is Netflix more than it is VR. So it, it hasn't been defined. People aren't going to be interested in it. It's going to be all these early adopter nerds like me for quite a, a long time. The real win's going to be when our cousins and our aunts and our friends in Indiana and Idaho or, or, or wherever are going to be talking about this. Right now, uh, we are defining an entire thing. And it's it's different from what a lot of us talk about where we're talking about live streaming because live streaming has been around for a long time. Yeah. VR has been a lot around for a long time. I mean, it was in the private sector in the friggin' sixties right. for God's sakes. But the, the fact that creators can create on something that is an endless canvas is, is something that has, has never been a reality before. And now it is. So that, that absolutely amazes me and shows me the potential for the future. Um, so a little off topic, but back on topic, uh, mobile VR is going to be the way that most people are going to be onboarded for a long time. Right. Like Google, I met with uh, Google's VR team, the beginning of the year for context, they had less than 10 people on it within the past, uh, few months they've ramped up and they've got like a hundred, almost 200 people. So the mobile VR thing, if you have a $12 Google Cardboard headset, you can put any damn phone in it and then have a pretty decent, okay, don't pull out your Nokia, Ross. If you're looking for your Nokia flip phone, it's not going to work. I got this thing in the mail from uh, the New yeah, York so, Times. I still haven't opened it. Haven't opened it. So they sent out <laughs> 1.5 million of those, and then they sent out another half million, and that's just from New York Times. And you know, you're, you're one of the people that didn't, but I wonder how, what, what's the percentage of people that did download that because New York times, I think that's very forward thinking of them because if they have the future platform for VR, because stuff's coming, man. I mean, like I'm under, I'm under a few NDAs from some pretty big platforms where I can't talk about what is coming, you know, where 
okay, we've got the compression algorithm figured out to where we can do this. And then you're like, you're like, holy crap, this could change the world. So there might be something that makes mass adoption happen faster than we think, but I don't think mass adoption is going to really happen until uh, I'd say mid 2017. Um, and, and I'm saying mass adoption and that's kind of a small thing, but I'm saying where it's going to be enough to where people are going to start getting together in actual communities across the world. But it's, it's a very, very long conversation and we can talk about PSVR because the PlayStation has an install base of what, 4 million units. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be the first thing that's a little bit clean because the PSVR unit will be the first thing that you're able to have a good virtual reality experience um, that's just plug and play. The, you know, an HTC Vive, which is the highest end of highest end, is the Cadillac or the freaking Bentley of, of VR. It takes a long time to set up. I mean, I, I, I set them up um, on a daily basis. So, I, I mean, I can do it like a freaking rock star. I did, um, I did, I did six pitches to television networks using HTC Vive week before last. So yeah, it's it's crazy. But sorry, David, I feel like I'm 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 just talking a lot. No, it's great stuff. Um, how is the VR community viewing wider broadband availability that can support the VR experience as a necessity, David Vaughn asks. You know, I, I, I you don't I think, have to answer it since he annoyed you with the first question. No, I'm kidding about Samsung. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think that's kind of not even a, a real super worry because so many things are are transitioning so quickly with with the availability of faster speeds and everything. Um, yeah, I, and I also I I, I don't. Know. Long story short it's not that big of a conversation. Right. So when, you know, you, you talked about like 2017 sometime there, communities will start forming around VR. When will that cousin in Idaho start thinking about VR? Is that like 2030 or is that much sooner than that? So there's first, like I said, there's no, let's just, let's just go back to the word vestibule. Cause I kind of like that. That stuck in my head after I said it, there's no, there's no onboarding and there's right. no way for things to, to go viral. Um, so with, 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 with no share. So say you have a really good experience in VR, you have to say, Hey, I had this amazing experience. Now I need to tell you Ross. And if I tell you this, all right, if I say, Hey, I want you to go and download Jaunt. There's an app called Jaunt. Find it in the store. I want you to download it and then go to the second page. And, and then I want you to type in uh, Paul McCartney experience. And then I want you to, to download that. And then I, do you, by the way, do you have a headset? You have to put your headset on. There's so many barriers before you get to the experience that it's not going to happen. So with, with FireTalk, if I share this link out, which I'm going to do right now, and everybody in here, go ahead and share it out on Twitter. Twitter appreciates the fact that you're sharing stuff. Uh, uh, Twitter appreciates movements. Join me. So there's my point is there's no way for you to share this out. You, you know, and and that's 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 the big problem. So once. 
once an experience has a share button, let's say the HTC Vive tilt brush where you're able to paint in real time. Right. It's one right. of the only ones that has like, hey, I can share this experience, but it's it's not this full thing yet. Um, so the platforms need to be more uh, more friendly with that and the content needs to be more easy to share. So we're gonna see a little bit more with that now that the new iPhones have the two cameras, this is not one of them, um, and everything like that because that's augmented reality. Augmented reality is like Snapchat, when you lay a mask over right. something or when you lay some kind of filter or, or, or you add something to a background that's, that's real. Um, so I, the long play, if you guys are, are nerding out on this and enjoying this, the long play is, is augmented reality. The short play right now is VR to get to AR. I mean, even Google, like when I talk to Google, they're like, they're like oh, yeah, VR is just a vehicle to get to AR. And, and that's just the truth. So, you know, people have good suggestions about how many different ways VR can be used. Nick Richwain says it could be perhaps it could be used to treat PTSD and other medical issues. Um, Claudia Santiago, who's a performer, a singer, an artist, she talks about how the live event performers will integrate VR into live shows. Um, one of the things, you know, as someone who has no expertise in, in, in VR, it, that that sort of strikes me that that makes it hard to understand is we understand video apart from its many uses right so we can pick up a cell phone we can we can we can work with video right, right. i can record something i can play it back um we can do this live streaming conversation or video can be a part of watching a sporting event it can be a part of an entertainment it can be part of uh all different kinds you can use it in different ways for your business whatever people i don't think people see like can play around with virtual reality outside of being like you said the onboarding thing it's like boom you're right in right like it's always a part of something like this show is going to feature something with virtual reality where but it doesn't feel tangible like i can take it and play around with it on my cell phone and understand it yet now maybe if i get that nikon camera that will change right but um how do people's kind of you know a lot of people here who are into live video and are ahead of the curve on video where where can they experience or how can they start to get their hands on to be a little bit of a creator with live with um, virtual reality to be a creator. I, I think it goes back to getting, uh, you know, one of these barrier of entry cameras like the gear 360 and I am in no way paid or anything by Samsung. It's just a camera that I happen to use and, and like, and then uh, get a monopod. So my entire setup that I was using this morning while filming was less than $400 you know, $20 monopod, because I mean, you, you don't need a lot of equipment, you need to stay away from equipment. Um, and then having a headset, I noticed you had a, you have a Samsung phone, like a gear uh, 360, a, a gear headset, or the Merge VR is a headset that you can put on anything, but you also have a Google Cardboard, which is 12 bucks. So if you just want, right. but the problem is, you don't know where to find the content. You don't know like what's good and what's not. Um, 
and and I saw Beauty put up uh, one of the Paul McCartney things that is on John, and that's a really good high quality video because the John One camera is a I think now it's a sixty thousand dollar camera, and it is it produces in my mind the best three sixty video content there is. Um, but you need to be able to find like what's really, really good. One of my favorites is um, is a, a story called Pearl, and it's in Google Spotlight Stories. So you can go into YouTube and look up Google Spotlight Stories, and then you get to be in this animated video where you're in a car. You're in the passenger seat of a car, and you get to, and during this beautiful song, you get to see this. This father, you know, imagine a cartoon, raising his daughter, and he's a musician, and then he has to give up life on the road because he's not, and, and like there's no words to it. It's just the music, and he's sometimes he's playing it, and he's singing with this little girl, and it's beautiful, and I have a little girl, and, and, uh, and then we see him kind of giving up on his dream and then getting a house and then teaching her to how to play, and then she becomes famous, and then she goes and, and picks up and fixes the car, and then next thing you know, you're freaking crying because like you're in this, you're in this experience, and you feel this way. You feel, oh my God, this sacrifice, because right. we, we're, we're so detached from everything right now, and I think that virtual reality is, is, is a way to connect, and I think that live streaming is also, a way to connect and that's why it's taken off so much because we feel disconnected and we feel like people aren't real anymore and we feel like we're not touching anybody but if you say something to me in live video then then i'm going to answer it you know in and if you tell a story in virtual reality then then you're you're speaking to the individual it feels like you're speaking to the individual even though you're speaking to the masses and so that's why we're seeing all these stories that are that are having teeth and having fangs and, and grappling and, and 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 touching people's hearts because you're able to show what it's like to be somebody else and we want to we want to connect i think i think this world wants to connect in a way that we've never wanted to connect before it creates a level of empathy that you can in two dimensions, right? I mean, it creates. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Nick says, uh, felt like I was experiencing the impact of the Syrian war in clouds over Sidra. And I met with the people that made clouds over Sidra and they're, you know, we collaborate on some stuff. It's brilliant because the way that they filmed it was, was just super smart. And they had a, so if you if you do have a chance, that's a really good one to watch because you're able to see in this awesome way. Like I was talking to the Miami Police Department, uh, and they were talking about how they wanted to have a 360 camera because they're so sick of the traditional news just showing this one this one damn box, and then they they're not showing like everything else that's going around them. Like it could be absolutely nothing. Like and then they're just focused on this one thing. So they're able to edit this stuff to where you're not seeing the full picture. And and with 360, you're able to see everything. And that's, that's I, I think that's really important because now we can see what it feels like to be a 12 year, year old girl in Syria in a war-torn war country that we that she doesn't understand. And now we don't understand it with her. Maybe it's it's not about it's not right. about understanding something. Maybe it's about not understanding something with somebody. 
maybe it's about connecting with somebody because you feel confused about the world and because you're allowed to finally feel confused about the world. Maybe it's, it's not about teaching. Maybe it's about learning by not knowing. That's what excites me about storytelling because the story is always in the gaps. The story is always, always, always waiting in the wings. It's behind the next corner. It's what you make it. The story is the question of what's in the box. The story is the question of, of what is Jules opening in Pulp Fiction. The story is the question that you're asking yourself in your mind. The story is not what you're being force-fed by media. The story is not something that is just a gut punch. The story is something that lingers. If, if your story right. doesn't linger, then your story is bullshit. Let's let's talk about how um, virtual reality is enabling erased child trafficking to tell stories in a way that they couldn't with traditional oh my gosh. video. I've, so I'm on the board of uh, of erased child trafficking. Our website is erasedchildtrafficking.org, and it has been such a fight because we're talking about prickly subjects, and and people don't tend to like these posts or share these posts because they're not the pretty cat pictures and they're not the uh, stupid Kardashian or DJ Khaled things, you know? And so my idea for doing the VR piece is, is just that reaching the masses individually, you know, having something where you can see. So, so we came up with this idea of leaning on these two pil pillars, education and awareness, because that's the most important thing that we need to do about human trafficking is, is have people know these things, know where the dangers are, know where the hubs are, know when the traffic occurs, know how the traffic occurs. You know, all these things that if we just recognize and we can call out and we can see, because you can't fight an effing, invisible villain. You just can't fight somebody that's invisible. And we're, we're so blind to this thing. 46, I mean, 42 children per day are stolen from us. And it doesn't matter what color or age they are. It doesn't matter what they believe in. These people don't care. They just steal children and that's shit. Uh, so the way that we're doing it is we're making people feel like heroes but we're also making them feel a little bit like victims. So what I'm doing as I film this, I, I film it at a different height. So there's a four foot tall height because at four feet, that's the average height of a four year old. That's when our brains start to be able to really curate memory and everything like that. And so we end our videos, cause it's a series, we end our videos uh, with the camera height at a much higher rate so that there's this feeling of, of power. Cause I, wanna, I want people to feel like heroes. For, for sharing this. I want people to feel like heroes for being a part of this community. And uh, that's a way to do it because the truth is you are a hero if you're sharing this. If you're getting the word of something out that's important, you're a fucking hero. If you're sharing Kim Kardashian shit, you're not a hero. You're stupid and you're sharing out bullshit. <laughs> and uh, in social media, I just find that we need to grow up. We need to grow up. We need to get behind things that damn matter. And, and most of us aren't. 
and that's that's across the board. I'm, I'm not calling anybody out or being mean, but look at your newsfeed. Look at what you've shared. Does any of it damn matter? And if it doesn't, you need to find out what does matter. If you're sad in life, maybe it's because you're not damn doing anything that matters. Uh, okay, now I'm getting preachy and bullshitty, but you know, like, <laughs> no, this is great it, stuff. It's, it's true. We're, I don't think any, everybody thinks that we're all these social media rock stars, but social media hasn't been out for a very long time. How long has Facebook been out? Not that damn long. It's, I mean, Zuckerberg's still a kid. If you look at him, he still looks like a baby boy. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in this very, very young time and we haven't caught up to what it is. So we need to figure out who we are within this space. And we don't need to be gurus or thought leaders or, or, or social media influencers or whatever. We need to be good people in general. And then the rest of that shit's going to come. All right. I, you know, uh, I want to just mention a question that, that, that Nick brought up here. He talks about um, child trafficking being invisible because we're blind to it. He says, but it's happening in all of our towns, correct? Yeah, everywhere. It can happen everywhere. We think it's only, a lot of times we think it's only happening in, in dangerous, more dangerous parts of the world and things like that. But it, it's happening all over. It's happening in front of us. Just like, um, you know, just like there's slavery, even in, you know, in the United States, even though people don't think about that, there's people, there's adults being trafficked too, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. we, we should. I mean, we should be more outraged. We and and one of the things that you're doing when you're fighting some evil like this is you're fighting all of the roads. So trafficking is such a real word because the same roads that are used for 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 this nefarious activity are also being used for the gun trade, for the drug trade, and everything. And the most despicable thing that I can say to to activate somebody, in my opinion is drugs aren't as lucrative as sex trafficking, as child trafficking. You can sell a pound of, of cocaine once. You can sell a child hundreds of times. You can sell a child dozens of times in a day. Like that's fucking terrible. And you need to get behind people that are doing things. Unfollow fucking Kim Kardashian. Unfollow fucking DJ Khaled. And, and follow things like the race child trafficking, follow things that matter, follow Special Olympics, follow Greenpeace, for God's sakes. Do something with your clicks. Do something with your life, that, your likes that fucking matter. You know, I, I'm sorry for cussing so much, but God damn, man, we've got it all wrong. We're, we're not sharing anything that, that does anything. We're sharing junk food. We're, we're sharing Cheetos. We're sharing Funyuns. We're sharing something that does nothing, nothing for the world. And I'm dead fucking sick of it. And so that's why I worked my ass off. I was up at four in the morning filming this morning. I, I, I was up figuring out how to transition money so that I could pay somebody else to help us with content. I was I was up trying to make a difference in this world because once you fucking start trying to make a difference in this world, you do. And all you have to do is that that first step. And then next thing you know, you've got an environment of good people that are working hard and you feel good about yourself when you're sleeping, man. You don't feel good about yourself when you're sleeping and you're just junk. 
Right, right. What do you have coming up for Summit Live? I know you you have a, a LA event coming up, and you you've gotten started in 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 the UK and so forth. Talk a little bit about what you're doing. So Summit, Summit Live has become like because of the community. The community has always been this beautiful, vibrant place of creators that go all over the place. You know, it started as, as you said, as Periscope Summit. And then we started seeing all these other platforms happen. Some of them died like Blab. Some of them lived like Snapchat. Some of them are just now emerging. So, we, you know, we became agnostic just like our, our community did. You know, we're on fire talk now. You know, um, right. And and so it's become more more along the lines of disruptive media, and all these things are starting to connect because technology doesn't work unless it's connected. If you see something that that only works separately, then it, it, it's it's not good. If you see something that that begs for other things to be connected to it, that's what excites me. That's I think that's why, like when you watch VR virtual reality stuff the explosion people need to make haptic gloves people are making sound wave devices that are making you feel like you're touching things people are making amazing headsets with eye tracking people are making chest plates so my point is all this disrupt disruptive technology culminates at these conferences like like summit like vidcon uh where where you're able to celebrate story, where you're able to celebrate who is painting on these canvases. I think we've all been kind of uh, in love on and off with Snapchat. We've, we've loved to see uh, what Facebook is doing because Facebook is just such a powerful, monolithic, badass thing. Um, and I mean, love it or hate it. My God, Facebook is just, absolutely amazing and i'm a twitter fanboy and they've got a few cards up their sleeve that they're about to um, you know unleash and i've actually liked the transition of twitter so really what summit is it's a gathering of people that are asking what next and how to what next what's next and how do i how do i do that and then you know what you see at these things when you go to like a summit or, or or a VidCon or whatever, you see people start to find who they're going to collaborate with, start to see who's going to be on their show, start to see who's going to be their next Rhett and Link or, or whatever. And that's what amazes me. You see like Mitch Oates and, uh, and Dan Moore get together. You, you see Well, I think we lost Ryan. Uh, let's see if we can get him back in here. Am I back? Are we both back on? You're back. You're back. Yeah, we <laughs> we lost you for a second there. <laughs> I didn't lose my train of thought, which is amazing for me. Maybe it's the right balance of caffeine. But I, I mean, do you do you realize? that I think it's one out of every four marriages comes from eHarmony or online dating, whether it's OkCupid or whatever, you know, 
our relationships now kind of start online and then culminate uh, in, in in other ways, and you know, Summit is is, is a is a culmination of, of that. You know, <laughs> I've never used that analogy before, but you know, you know what it means. It's it's an acceptable thing to to find your friends because now, like when I see somebody that I know from live video, or I see somebody that I've been collaborating with for a long time on a project in VR, and I see him for the first time, and we've had these talks on Fire Talks or Google Hangouts, which um, or or wherever, you know, like, <laughs> like these are the closest things that we have now to real human friendships. A lot of times, and now we get to we get to make friends with people that are better matches for us. If we're some kind of outsider, like I was an outside weird kid in in a small town in Georgia, I was an outsider. Like I would have loved to have the technology that I have now because um, I grew up very alone. This is something, all these things now are, are something that, that bring us together, that, 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 that if used correctly can, can show the world how to connect and how to love each other. It's amazing how, like I, I've only been active with the live streaming community since what October of last year. So not even a, a full year. Right. And how much of my life is now spent with people that I met since then, or people that I hardly knew, but I ramped up relationships or whatever, you know, maybe I knew as a social media contact right. or something, but it's like it, you could go through the day and other than people that I deal with for work, I, I mean, it seems like, you know, all my messaging and all my conversations almost are entirely with people that came out of this community, almost none of whom I had ever heard of or knew anything more about other than seeing their little avatar on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's in one, that's in less than I a year. I, I mean, that's, that's why I always talk about <laughs> the way that I vet technology and I'm pretty good at betting on things in technology is if it brings people together, then it wins. It's just the way that it works. If it makes people want to create, then it wins like Snapchat. It just, it's always seems so broken to me. It seems so wrong, but I find myself going on there all the time. Snapchat just is this weird thing. <laughs> You can't share out. Like what? Why does it work so well if it's its own thing? Or does it work so well because it's its own thing? You know, if if I would have had the opportunity to invest in Snapchat when it first came out, I probably would have turned it down. And that's well, that's crazy. In the beginning it was all like it was all sex was thing, just, right? I mean <laughs> yeah. So you would have looked yeah. at it and said, well, this isn't really something I want to be associated with. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I don't, I try not to do anything that has to do with like, <laughs> like, like that side. Well, that's, like, you know, that's the first industry that's going, well, it's going all in on VR, right? I mean, so we could talk funny. about real estate. We could talk about, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Neville, we mean, can talk you, about sports, but let's have, face it. We know who's going all in on VR. 
right out of the gate, right? You have to look at, you know, what works and, and, and porn always has, they have the budget to create the good platforms. They have the budget to do all these things and to figure it out. And so they figure it out first. So I'll give you a little story. I was, I was helping to build a live streaming app and um, it, it, it was pretty early on. And so we went into, and, and I had a room full of workers and there was six of us, uh, three females and three males. And I pulled up a porn, we pulled up a, a few porn sites to look at them because they're chat rooms. You know, like if you look at a, at a, at a webcam uh, porn site or whatever, it's actually better than FireTalk. You know, it's very finished, it's very polished. It has zero latency. It has a good chat. It has monetization. It has every single component that we ask for. And so we're in a WeWork. We're in one of those rooms that the WeWork. And so all these people are walking by and we've got some porn up on the screen. And, <laughs> and there's like, and we're sitting here having, we're like, I'm sitting here writing on the whiteboard, you know, like drawing stuff. And people are just looking in and there's some girl like, <laughs> that's my I, I had that's no my, idea that they had figured out. The, the technology that to that extent. <laughs> I mean, we should I just got, go over there and, and host the show over there, <laughs> record yeah, it for the YouTube version. Just a, just a clean show, just because, hey, we, we got to find a place where we can produce this, where the video doesn't come in and out and people drop off. And, <laughs> and it, the funny thing is, I, I'm a feminist. I was doing a speaking engagement a few years ago, and uh, I, I ended up in a room um, I was sharing a room, this big room with about six different female speakers and I was the only male. Like, I mean, I spoke at Blogger this year. I'm the, I was the only, I think I was one of the only male speakers at Blogger and they have like a hundred speakers. Um, and so they, these girls started talking about porn or pornography and this was a few years back. And uh, they started asking me what my thoughts were. And by the end of the night, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I completely quit like looking at any type of porn. And uh, I don't know, weird conversation, sorry. But you know, <laughs> it goes back to, you know, if my personal brand and my personal beliefs are around, you know, child trafficking and, and, and being good and being a feminist, then I can't. I can't do that because there, you know, there's no telling what that content, how that content was made. So, sorry, this is a really awkward part because I don't, you know, like talking about porn, but you have to, in general, you have to kind of practice what you preach. Right. Like if, if you say that you're a good family man or whatever, then you damn well better be because somebody's going to find out. Like I can, I can legit say, you know, I'm, I'm a good family man. I don't drink or anything. I cuss like a fucking sailor. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, sorry. It's I, I'm off the rails. I'm off the rails. But like in general, like I'm a pretty good dude and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at and where my heart is at. And that's why I I'm not afraid to speak from it because I know where it lives and it lives, it lives, it lives with my family. It lives with my beliefs. It lives with my convictions. It lives with where I'm going. It lives, it lives in the future of my children. You know, once I had children, you know, I used to, I used to be this party guy 
you know, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people ask me to go out to have drinks with them and everything. Cause I, I think I passed that vibe and probably from the residue of, of the human that I used to be, I used to bartend, I used to uh, be out all night and just completely different human than I am now. And uh, I, I like that that part of me was a part of me because I, I understand so much. I mean, hell, I used to be a bouncer at a bar. I, I used to do all kinds of, like, can you imagine me throwing out rednecks in, in a bar in Georgia? Because I did, you know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, it's, they didn't it's know you were. interesting to be a weird They didn't know human. you were into all this tech stuff. <laughs> 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 that was the VR tech I mean, guy who threw us. Out. <laughs> the VR tech guy. I remember that guy. That's the guy that tossed me out of out of Classic City Saloon. We didn't really have yeah, to listen to him, did we? <laughs> but you know, yeah, we. Well, you know, in in the end, uh, my wife and I were talking about this, and the older you get the the less you care the more you realize that you're 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 here you're this weird meat bag that hides in the bathroom to poo and it, life is just in general just a weird thing it's weird to be an animal who says that they're not an animal we're 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 these creatures that have barely really learned how to walk on two feet very well. You know, that's how young we are as a species. I feel like we make fun of the dinosaurs and the dinosaurs did all right, you know, for a <laughs> they while. They had a good run. You know, they had a pretty good run. At least they were killed by an ice age. We're going to kill each other. You know, like I say, go dinosaurs. Good job, guys. You, you, you did well. At least, at least nature killed you. We're going to kill ourselves. Boy, I'm weird. But you know, like like I'm about to be 40 years old. Like like I'm I'm pretty good with who I am as a human and there's not that, that much that's going to change in me except for you know, my life is 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 very is moving very quickly and in a very interesting and fun direction. Like I'm now like I'm going to speak at NATO and I mean, I'm I'm gonna be I, I I'm I'm dealing with the Emmys right now, and uh, like next year, my life will be very different from most of the people that I graduated from high school with. And uh, although I speak at very big events, I had this thought last night of how much I'd really like to be able to speak at like my high school because it is this small high school. And because there's probably that kid that was just like me. Like, I don't, I don't give two shits about how many people are in my audience because it's the one person that matters that you touch that does something that actually activates because there's so few people that activate. Like there's so few people in the world that activate. There's a person in this office that came up to me and we were talking and he has this app that was basically like the Zillow for VR. You're able to go into a VR house and see this stuff. And I said to him, hey man, aren't, aren't you scared of all the competitors? Because I'd had 20 people, at least 20 people come up to me with the idea about doing like the, Z the Zillow for VR. You know what he said to me? He said, not one single other person made this. He said, there's not another app on the market that li that's like mine. I had 20 people come up to me. 
So it's not about how big your audience is. It's about who's in that audience and who you activate and who you're going to inspire to go and do something. That's why I talk from the heart because like, I don't give two shits if there's 10 people in a room versus 300 people in the room. Cause there's going to be that one person. And it's always like this. It's always like this. Every time I have a speaking engagement, there's one interaction that matters. There's one interaction that makes that trip to France or that trip to New York or that trip to Miami or that trip to Chicago worth it because I fucking bring it when I go and I don't go for me. I never go for me. I, I, I don't, I go because I have, the ability to make people be better than me potentially. I, I, I don't really care about like winning. Like winning doesn't doesn't mean shit for me. Like I, I don't care. I've I've already won. My life is good. Like I'm I'm here to help other people to win. Like you'll you'll see it when you're with me. I I leave every communication like, hey, what can I do to help you? Like how? How, how can I, how can I help you? Like guys, we already win. Like everybody in here has already won. Do you realize that like there's so many people, people out there that winning is getting a goddamn sandwich like to eat. That's a, that's their definition of winning. And then we go and we sleep on our beds and we wake up and we shower in our showers. Like we won. Like if you don't recognize that you won, then you're fucking lost, man. You've won, dude. Go out there and help somebody else, and that helps you. This Ooh, is I'm awesome. So this much. is the so easiest sorry. possible interview you could ever do. You have, you, I mean, <laughs> and, and I, and we could go on for three more hours, but I'm sure you've got things to do. But if you'd like to continue, this is this no, is really amazing. I, I, I really appreciate it. I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe we get a little technical about VR instead. You know, we got into it a little bit, but man, this is so inspiring. Um, I, I'm just so glad um, you came on today and you shared all this good stuff and you were in the, you know, but this is you. I mean, this is how you spoke when you spoke at the uh, at the I Sugar event. And you told me, you're like, oh, I had a speech or whatever. And then I heard something amazing and I changed everything. Like I couldn't use that speech again. So <laughs> you, you don't, you're not somebody who walks around with talking points and the, the company line. I mean, you, you totally speak from the heart and it's, it's really refreshing. Thanks, man. No, I, I'm excited. And I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book right now, uh, the future of creativity working title. And it's, it's kind of a, a, a workbook, kind of a, a pathway for people to, to see how they can do it. And I'm, I'm not selling anything. Uh, like I, I just have no desire to do that. It's the process of doing things for me. Everything is a process that I want to learn. Like I went and, and pitched and helped pitch all those TV shows because I wanted to learn, learn that. And I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in February. And I think most people wouldn't even say that people don't talk about their age. But I, I think it's it's awesome because the older I get, the better I get, and the happier I get, and the more connected I feel. And uh, like, if you want to connect with me, I think most of you guys know where to find me. I I, I love living on Twitter. Um, I, I'm at Ryan underscore A underscore Bell, and uh, like, I I want to change the world. Like, I I don't have small goals. 
I don't, I don't give a shit about small goals because small goals are, are too easy. I want to change the world and I want to make it better for my kids because I love them. I love my kids. I'm a parent, you know, I'm right. I, I just, I, I, I just, I, I kind of feel like I, I lost my life when I got married and I gave it to something greater. And that's what made me care about it because it wasn't something that was mine. You know, we care more about other people's belongings. And it was like, you know, when you, you borrow somebody's nice car and you get, you want to get it back and you make sure that you give it back to them clean and fill with gas. You know, when I, when I give my life to somebody, I know that, if I give it to the right person, they're going to give it back a little bit better. And so I take care of my life really well because I know that people are going to take care of me. So I guess with that hippie, hippie <laughs> stuff. So how can we support you? You do so much to support the community and you're involved in so many great causes. How can we support you? So we're going to be doing the big summit in LA and then in, in the UK and uh, the LA one should be pretty amazing. We're, we're pulling some tricks out of our hat this time and we've got a professional team working on it. It's not me uh, and a, a bunch of volunteers trying our darndest. We've got some people <laughs> that have taken over, you know? So, I, I mean, uh, get some tickets to, to that and uh, definitely follow the folks at, at Erase Child Trafficking. Um, but in general, like I, I'm not here to sell. I'm never here to sell anything. I'm, I'm like the world's worst salesman. Uh, I'd really like to see you guys, you know, take something away and, and, and be happy in a world that's kind of scary and kind of shitty and kind of hard to live in, you know? Try to find the good things. The ugly things are hard, hard to overlook. But when you see something beautiful, share it. You know, that's awesome. Ryan that's A. Bell. You you can find them on Twitter. Ryan underscore A underscore Bell. Also, his website Ryan dot live. Backlamp. Um, Summit dot live. What else? <laughs> too many, too many VR things. Scout. All right. And yeah, follow VR Scout because that the content we're making is badass. Um, last thing, share out Ross, share out this. You know, like this is actually something where I feel comfortable. I, I I like it when people see stuff. But Ross is a good dude and he works his butt off. So guys, share this out on Facebook and on Twitter. You know, people like like Ross, people like me. We should be pretty easy shares for folks. You know instead of the the bullshit thanks ryan and coach jenny who's been here throughout the show is going to be my guest to talk about her book next week on monday same time 7 p.m eastern here on fire talk and have a great week everybody